0: Hey, this is Kathy from Boise, and I don't always listen to I Doubt It with Dolomar, but when I do, I don't.
1: The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dolomore. All right, let's do this. Episode 103 of I Doubt It with Dolomore. This is March 4th, 2015. I hate the and 15. I am Jesse Dallimore, your host, and sitting across from me is my lovely, talented, and ever-stressed-out co-host, Brittany Page.
0: Yep, that would be correct.
1: You are... It is not like Hell Week, like Finals Week for you, but the the level of stress... For those of you who don't know, and I don't know who the hell that would be, Brittany Page... (laughs) The lovely Brittany Page is in graduate school to be a clinician, to be a clinical psychologist. And the workload... And the resulting stress from that workload of, of undergraduate is nothing compared to graduate school. Would I be correct in that uh, description?
0: Yeah, but before I, I go into that, I just want to make a correction because a clinical psychologist would be like a PhD. So I'm just getting my master's right now. So you're, you're jumping the gun a little bit on that sitch.
1: Uh, wow. But See, it- I can't even get that right.
0: But yeah, I corrections mean corrections
1: abound when you sit across from Brittany Page.
0: I always heard people talk about how hard graduate school was, and I thought they were just being whiny. <laughs> um, and boy, am I paying for that right now yeah. because I broke down crying last week. I've cried several times this semester already. Yeah. And it's you're, you're kind
1: of a whiny bitch, though
0: that's true. and <laughs> i'm I'm going into week eight, so i'm I'm halfway through the the finish point here through my first year, yeah. So I think week, once week eight, yeah, week eight is next week. So then I have eight more weeks left. and then oh, I finish week, my week, first year week
1: eight of your second semester,
0: right. yeah, okay. And then, once I'm done with that, I'm I've I've finished my first year. So once I get to that point, I feel like I'll feel a little more refreshed and and motivated. But right now, I'm I'm tuckering out.
1: Well, they they you're tuckering out. I don't know. Are you tuckered?
0: Yeah. I don't know why I said that.
1: So they they are they are very adept, your professors, at putting you in uncomfortable positions. And I don't mean like you know you play Twister at school. I mean like doing role play and being on video with like another student Mm -hmm. playing a role i mean don't you you switch where you're the therapist and then you are the the client right and they want you to pick how does that work
0: yeah well i've been talking about how you can't get through this program and still be a narcissist because (laughs) you're just being cut down at every turn. Um, but yeah, you have to, we have to do these videos where we're doing mock therapy because how else do you learn to do therapy unless you're right. doing therapy? Yeah. So one person will play the therapist and then one person is the client and you had to kind of choose a pathology to be expressing.
1: Uh, Something that's wrong with you is what you mean. Yeah. I'm just using layman's words. Right. And so- I don't think everybody would know what a pathology is.
0: Okay, so yes, yeah, so you have to choose something you, that's wrong with you. You
1: pick a malady. So, <laughs> do you make it easy on yourself, and you know you pick germaphobe, or? Neurotic weirdo. Something that's really close to your heart.
0: No, because <laughs> no, we were told that we were told in very in very clear terms that this is not a time to work out your own issues. So you can't use your own life story when you're you're involved in these mock situations. So did
1: you say you had a proclivity to burn buildings down or something?
0: No, I I <laughs> I am a depressed person, and uh, it, that
1: would not be you.
0: It's actually really hard to pretend to be a depressed person for 45 minute counseling sessions (laughs) like when I'm done I feel kind of bummed out oh really yeah Huh. yeah and I'm like slunched over and I'm talking real slow and
1: you're slunched over
0: I know I'm making up all these words and just using I'm tired
1: you're a lexicographer today yeah you know what a lexicographer is I do all right yeah
0: (laughs) <laughs> um, I got pathology, right? So that's good. Um, but yeah, there, it's kind of difficult. And then you stand, you play your video, um, you watch yourself being dumb and everyone comments on it and well, it's a great I, time.
1: I would just hope that you got a partner with whom you were assigned or, or picked or whatever, who wouldn't make it hard on you because I've been in, in jobs where you do role play for like, I'm the salesman, you're the customer and we're going to negotiate this deal and the person with whom I was, I was assigned or w- with whom I, I was working would be a complete asshole and make it very difficult when, you know, you're hung over from the party in the night before, you know, you're in Vegas at this, at this sales training and come on, dude, make, it, be easy here, guy. You don't have to prove to everybody that, you know, all the caveats and know all the objections you should throw up. Just be, make it easy.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of complicated variables in therapy because there's a lot of legal and ethical things surrounding the situation.
1: Not so much in sales.
0: Right. So, um, it, I mean, you are going to be thrown curveballs in in real life. So, I mean, I guess one could argue that it could be helpful for someone to be intentionally difficult. But at the same time, these are also assignments that we're being graded on. And right. so if you're dealing with an intentionally difficult person, then your grade might be affected by that if you don't handle it well.
1: You're also you're all in the same boat, you would think. And I don't know. I'm just speaking out of experience that I think it would be a terrible thing to have someone who's throwing up roadblocks and I don't think the gal you were working with was doing that.
0: No, my partner is is very good and she was playing someone with an anxiety issue so that was kind of funny. Um, while I was like interviewing her during the therapy session, she was like throwing things all around and like fidgeting around <laughs> and she was she was a really good actress. Oscar time.
1: Oh, right. All right. Well, let's let's get into this. We got a lot of follow-up today. Um, We let's start off. Let's start off doing this. We have a listener correction that was submitted via Twitter about the story that we covered about the Hindu monks who were being sexist assholes and not uh, trying to make it difficult for everybody else on the plane to to make accommodation for them and their weirdo mythology.
0: Yes, so during our coverage, I guess, of that... Yeah, we're
1: covering stories.
0: Um, We said that the monks are assigned seats together with a male passenger sitting next to them in the aisle seat. And when we read that, we kind of just jumped to the conclusion that right. the monks were, were getting an aisle seat. We're well, getting preferential treatment.
1: Well, without, without explaining exactly how the sausage is made here on the show, I don't go through and read in-depth to-do background on all the stories. So I kind of get it because I want to just react naturally. And I have Brittany Reed. So I may have misheard when she read it. And we definitely want to get it right because I was kind of complaining about why would they want to be on the aisle when the the the, the chances of them getting, being bumped and touched by the hindquarters <laughs> of the flight attendants is going to be great when in reality it is... They would be sitting in the middle or on the on the bulkhead seat on the on the window seat while some another male passenger would be on the aisle with them. So
0: Right. And so we got this correction from Mick on Twitter, and we always appreciate corrections because we want to be factual.
1: Yeah, details matter. And correct. Fact, facts matter for sure.
0: But what doesn't matter is if I say words correctly.
1: <laughs> or or pronounce difficult. Uh, names correctly.
0: What word was I just using earlier, by the way? I already forgot.
1: Slouched. Is that not a word? Slu- slunched, maybe. I slunched. don't know. I don't know.
0: I also call a, the signal on a car a ticker. So you can't really trust me the with turn, anything. The
1: turn signal. The directional yeah. indicator. Yeah, you, yeah, I call you, it you a call ticker. It a ticker.
0: And it's kind of rubbed off on you now. And one time you called it a ticker in front of ladies and they laughed at you. And yeah. that's one of the best moments of my life.
1: In traffic leaving a Lakers game. <laughs> and I got laughed at by a, a drunk Car full of ladies. (laughs) So, oddly enough, we do have another piece of follow up on the monks in flight. Monks in flight. Uh, We have another piece of follow up. uh, A listener from one of our our European listeners, Nikki, she wrote in on the Facebook page and wanted to share a story with us. She she has written in before um, relative to people treating. Making a spectacle, it was when the woman talked about me being redheaded or something. Right. And how wonderful it was. Like, I had a choice in the matter. And Nikki is either fully blind. She's for sure legally blind and has issues with people treating her goofily, (laughs) um, like at grocery stores and in public. And this kind of relates to to her being on flights, too.
0: So she says, hey, Jesse and Brittany. Uh, I'm sorry. She put my name first, actually. Hey, Brittany and Jesse. Yes. Nikki, listen.
1: (laughs) Hang on. I got a message for Nikki. Listen, we just did change the logo of of the show, which I didn't even write down to talk about. We got to talk about that. But there's a reason, Nikki, that I, Jesse Dollimore, am the first picture on the the logo because, you know, it's I doubt it with Dollimore. Anyway, I expect respect from the listeners.
0: Here, let's get to important stuff, like Nikki's message. Brittany,
1: this is very important. I need everybody to respect me because I feel really bad about myself inside, we and know. it helps me. We I'm a know. very depressive, mm-hmm. and and I have a very low self esteem.
0: I based my character that I played in my mock interview on you. <laughs> okay, hey Brittany and Jesse.
1: Hang on, I think I really want to address this more. No, I'm teasing. Go ahead.
0: Okay. <laughs> Now, please shut your trap. All right. Hey, Brittany and Jesse. Still love the show. I find that most people are quite accommodating when it comes to other passengers. Once while waiting for my flight home from Lisbon... I found the carrier had made an error regarding my seat. I usually sit in the front row since I travel with my very well-behaved guide dog, and there is room for her to lie down there more easily. After a brief argument with some representatives, I won't go into that here, people sitting in the first row were asked to move a few rows down. Everyone, unfortunately, complied, which means that I caught that flight while I was hoping that I could stay another day on the carrier's tab. We've all been there as for the hindu monks or those orthodox jews who caused problems on a flight i feel that they want us to conform to their religious views as if those are more important than the views of others which is ridiculous if these people want to go out in the real world they'll have to learn to deal with the real world which includes women and many other things they apparently disapprove of otherwise they should choose to stay in their own world
1: i couldn't have said it better Really, if I agree a hundred percent, if you're going to be exist in this world and exist in the secular r- real world, you have to deal with the world on the world's terms. You don't get to deal with it based on your wacky sense of things. When it's it's like the Ron Burgundy. Yeah, ladies can do stuff now. They can have jobs. They can. They can interact with men. No. They can vote and drive a car in most of the world. You don't get to dictate how and where they stand or where they sit. That, that's ridiculous. To say that it's sexist is putting it mildly. It's complete and utter bullshit that they would make these accommodations. So moving on in feedback, and thanks, Nikki. Thank you for writing. Listen, if anybody has anything they'd like to add to the show, they'd like to contribute, they'd like to correct us, that's fine, too. Like I said, facts matter. You can either call and leave a a fewer than three-minute voicemail, 657-464-7609. If you are voicemail-averse, or, of course, if you live out of the country, out of the United States, which many of our listeners do, you can record yourself on your smartphone and email it to it at dollamore.com. So now that that's out of the way. Or go like the Facebook page and, and uh, you can interact with us there directly. So moving on. That Georgia woman that we talked about with her in her last meal. Her execution has been postponed because there is an issue with the deadly chemical that they pump into her system. When they, when they take her life. When they murder her.
0: Well, this is the second time it's been postponed. The first time was because of weather. And this time it happened because the the cloudy lethal injection drug. And at one point, they weren't sure whether they checked, quote, this week's or last week's batch. So <laughs> they didn't really know what was going on. Wow. And I guess it didn't look right. So they didn't proceed.
1: It's not like they can do a taste test. You know, it's deadly drugs.
0: Right, but some people have, like you said, or one person wrote to us and said that that's the least important part of her story—the last meal. Well,
1: I took that. I took that Twitter message as kind of uh, admonishing us that we were we shouldn't take so lightly her story because she's going to be murdered by the state. And look, I am I am opposed to the death penalty, but that doesn't mean this woman is innocent. That doesn't mean this woman is a good-hearted, wonderful person, um, and that doesn't mean that she doesn't deserve. The death penalty.
0: See, I also took the message in a different way, which oh, is you did. this is why um, communication is so difficult over the internet. Well,
1: especially Twitter with 145 characters.
0: Right. I took it to mean that we were discussing her last meal, and that's you know, the least important thing about her story because of what she did was so serious. Like, that's kind of what what I thought they were getting at. But we were talking Mm. about last meals. So that was kind of like what we were talking about. But if people want to know what she did, she was convicted of murder in February of 1997 for the slaying of her husband. But she did one of those things where she had her boyfriend, she orchestrated it with her boyfriend and her boyfriend actually carried out the murder. The
1: brutal bludgeoning and multiple stabbing you you read this to me and it's horrific i mean she's a now she's of course now she's found jesus and is leading people to God, so she needs to be she needs to be have some clemency in her in her sentence so but that is the story look she might deserve the death penalty but deserving it is not the issue relative to the policy That's not my issue with the death penalty. My issue with the death penalty is it's giving the government too much power to decide who lives and who dies. Because where do they stop? You know, that's a problem. So this is kind of follow-up. But Jimmy Kimmel, we played on last episode, Jimmy Kimmel, what I believe to be a brave stance relative to the vaccine issue. And I say brave, not because... You know, it takes a lot of guts to, to, to state facts and be on the right side of science. But because this guy's an entertainment and his job is to, you know, create and garner and retain the largest audience that he can. That's how it works. That's how they get advertisers to pay millions of dollars. And by doing what he did, I think he is taking a risk of alienating a massive portion of his audience. So to to a certain extent, what he did was brave when he really just took a big dump on anti-vaxxers. Well, he had another segment, a follow-up segment to that segment talking about the backlash that he has received, and here it is.
2: Last week on the show, I I spoke about something that I've been thinking about lately, which is childhood vaccinations, because my daughter's almost eight months old. She got her booster shot this morning, so I've become more aware of the fact that some parents don't believe in vaccinating their kids, which is something that the overwhelming majority of the medical community recommends. So I got a group of real doctors together to do a public service announcement urging parents to vaccinate, and wow, did this make some people mad. These are, some, these are real tweets I got over, over the weekend. I've, I've taken the people's names out for their own protection. Jimmy Kimmel is a pathetic, effing human being, as is controlled by the corporations. Jimmy Kimmel and TV news anchors personally know as much about vaccine science as an ant knows about spaceship navigation. <laughs> Clever. May I just say, Jimmy Kimmel, you are a effing piece of... <laughs> of oh, I guess I should have not... <laughs> Petra, drop dead, you effing douchebag. Uh, (laughs) Jimmy Kimmel, it's blatantly clear you were handed a script by people who make billions from vaccines. How very original of you. Hashtag sellout. Jimmy Kimmel crossed the line. Those doctors should have their licenses revoked. Sick off the air, you puppet. Jimmy Kimmel is a disgusting boil on the ass of entertainment. Ignorant. You're an idiot. There's just as many doctors that are against vaccines. No, there aren't, but... (laughs) Fear not, my stupid little sheep. I'll keep you distracted from the realities of this world, and I'll lead you fearlessly to your slaughter. (laughs) And one more. I am H.O. Jimmy Kimmel is worse than the priest abusing boys and Bill Cosby drugging girls. Boycott ABC. So you can see, people are taking a reasonable approach to this. Some of these people are demanding that I apologize, which I, of course, will not do. Some are saying I'm attacking families with autism, which is nonsense, because I happen to be in a family with autism. A lot of these groups are insisting that I present both sides of the argument. And I'm not going to do that either, because... Well, for the same reason I wouldn't present both sides if a group of people decided that pancakes make you gay. They don't. (laughs) And there's no point in discussing it. So if you really believe... That, not, if you really genuinely believe that 99% of the doctors in this country are dishonest, then you need to see a doctor, ironically.
1: <laughs> well, I actually take issue with that. I, I have for a long time believed that pancakes make you gay. Right. That's why I'm not a big fan of pancakes. Mm. Yeah. You. What? B-
0: because you don't want to be gay. Because you have a problem with being gay? Well, no, I
1: don't like the taste of I'm not a big fan of pancakes.
0: But the reason you didn't want to eat pancakes is because they make you gay.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: Sounds like someone's being a a douche and didn't think that through.
1: Listen, there's a lot of things that I don't mind being thought of as. But a pancake liker is not one of them. Okay. (laughs) Brittany Page.
0: So I really liked what Jimmy had to say at the end there. And now I can't remember what he said. No,
1: I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, About the... It relates to the pancake thing. It's... I'm not going to apologize when 99% of science... Of of doctors believe... No?
0: No. He said if you believe 99% of doctors are lying, then you... Oh, you
1: need a doctor.
0: Right. So I... I like that because I have the same sentiment toward like, um, conspiracy theorists. Like with the, when the Sandy Hook thing happened, not a lot of my friends, there were probably like three people on Facebook. It felt like a lot, um, that were Sandy Hook truthers.
1: Right. The immediately the word false flag just flies everywhere.
0: Right. And they believed that this was orchestrated by the government to right. I, I don't remember what the reasoning was it's not important just like the other side of the argument isn't important here um but it, it just struck me because those it's so hurtful that that belief and and that idea being um well, to presented the, to
1: the families who had their little babies murdered right. brutally murdered yeah.
0: right and I, and I don't like that so in those people that are leveling those kind of conspiracy theories I really think they have some kind of like paranoid Thing going on I mean I don't want to diagnose somebody but it just seems like there's like a little bit of paranoia happening there and maybe it might be something that they could get help with <laughs> like Jimmy is suggesting <laughs> if you believe that all of these doctors are lying and they want to inject a disease into you and they want to harm your baby
1: they're leading the sheep to the slaughter as the one meme that he showed said
0: right I mean this is some serious paranoia going on yeah and, and it's a little frightening
1: well, in the face of overwhelming medical and scientific data, all of these data point to the fact that vaccines are not just safe, but they will save your goddamn life, you know, and in the face of all of that, they choose to believe in false flag operations and the agenda of billions of dollars worth of companies. It just it's a little wacky
0: yeah, and I just i don't I don't understand. i'm I'm trying to tell myself all those people were just trolls because that's how I'll be able to sleep tonight. At least most of them were trolls right
1: uh, I would hope so,
0: okay, because it's really upsetting,
1: so California, in the wake of not in the wake of Jimmy Kimmel, but in the wake of all of this vaccine uh, vaccine hubbub, hullabaloo, you like that? lexicographer. um in in the wake of all of this controversy, um, California is shockingly going to do the right thing in a state where they soften the, the sentencing for people who have date rape drugs. Um, they're going to do the right thing related to this.
2: Thursday a state law was introduced that would eliminate the personal belief exemption
1: of California's vaccination law.
3: Here with more on the proposed law is KPIX 5 political analyst Melissa Griffin-Kane. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Good morning. Monday guys. Yeah, you too. So right now in California the way it works is there are two ways of getting out of having your child vaccinated. One is if you have a medical reason and two is if you have a personal belief that prevents vaccination. Now the new law proposed last week would leave that medical Medical exception in place. It would just get rid of that personal belief part. The lawmaker who authored the bill is State Senator Pan, who is also a doctor. He's concerned about the outbreak of measles in California since December and the high numbers of people in certain places opting out of vaccines using this personal belief exemption.
1: So would the new law allow people to opt out for religious sake?
3: Well, some states have that. So far, the way the law is written, there is no religious exemption, and one might not actually be required. According to a 1944 U.S. Supreme Court case, the right to practice religion freely does not include the liberty to expose the community or the child to communicable disease or the latter to ill health or death. So we may not have to necessarily have a religious exemption. In fact, West Virginia and Mississippi are other states that also do not have religious exemptions in their law. So we could see one written in, but we don't necessarily have to have one. So how does the law mandating vaccination get enforced? Well, to be clear, police don't come to your house and check that your uh, children are vaccinated. In California, we find out whether a child is vaccinated when you try to enroll them in school. So legally, you can't enroll children in school, public or private, without vaccinations or one of these exemptions. So let's assume that the personal belief exemption goes away. Parents could still avoid vaccination by home Schooling their children. But lawmakers think that that would still probably be a much smaller number than are using this personal belief exemption right now.
4: And now the big question do you think the bill will pass?
3: Actually, yes, I do. I I, I don't like to necessarily make calls like this, but I think that this one has got a lot of support. Uh, Some version of it is probably going to pass. It already has 26 sponsors, mostly Democrats, but two Republicans have also signed on. Now, politically, what's most important here is that for years, there have been this small vocal group of parents who oppose vaccination, and there wasn't necessarily a huge pro-vaccination outcry, but that has all changed. In recent months, there has been an uproar of pro-vaccination. And voters demanding that we enforce higher rates of vaccination. Politicians are paying attention right now. It's not just California either. Lawmakers in Washington and in Oregon are also considering closing some of their vaccine exemptions as well. So we will keep you posted. All right, Melissa. Thank you. Thank you.
1: And the dominoes begin to fall. It's it's shocking that right now in, in the United States of America, the only states that ha, that don't have religious exemptions who have done away with religious exemptions for not protecting your children and protecting the children of everyone else through the modern miracle of of vaccines are West goddamn Virginia and Mississippi. That is bizarre to me. And I don't want to alienate, you know, listeners by shitting on their respective states but those aren't exactly the most forward looking and progressive states in our union
0: I think even people that live there know that
1: Yeah I mean well at least the reputation is there and Mississippi is ranked last in about every major negative list that we find it's Mississippi right there so um it's it's shocking to me that California has taken this long to as progressive and liberal and feel good and having the government control everything and take away your rights, those kind of things, California loves to do that. So it's shocking to me that they took this long to do this, which is a good thing. This is not taking away a parent's right, like she talked about in that Supreme Court case. You don't have a right to practice your religion if it infringes on the right of someone else. And not being infected by a virulent disease seems like a pretty fundamental right (laughs) if it can be avoided.
0: Well, and I know when I recently went in to get uh, checked to see if I had the measles immunity.
1: Yeah, which you do have immunity.
0: Right. The woman told me that, well, she asked when I would have been in kindergarten, like what year, Mm -hmm. I think. And I, I told her when I was born and she said, well, I think that you are most likely vaccinated because at that time... You couldn't go to school and not be vaccinated. Right. So apparently she was right. And I, I didn't need to get a freaking needle in my arm. But um,
1: <laughs> but I, they put a needle in your arm in order to determine whether you needed to have another needle in your arm.
0: Yeah. But actually, it was a good experience for the first time in my life ever.
1: The blood draw, huh? Yeah. You have dainty little 80-year-old lady veins, I guess.
0: Um, Don't know what that means. Is that positive?
1: No, I think that it's hard to draw blood from old ladies
0: no the issue with me is not that I have veins that are difficult it's that I am a brain that's difficult yes (laughs) and I start making myself sick over the idea of experiencing pain like I'm not one of those people that like likes piercings and like like, I don't like tattoos I don't like pain and I don't have a tattoo I don't like ear piercings I mean I have ear piercings but it was when I was a kid and it was being forced upon me right so I guess it's good that I have it now but I would never willingly do that
1: I on the other hand have veins in my arms that you can drive volkswagen beetles through (laughs) i would be a prime candidate for heroin addiction because it would be very easy
0: i don't think i have difficult veins she the woman that just did my measles thing she found it really quick and it was honestly i was like really you're done
1: yeah i'm not just saying that 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 your veins would be i'm just saying mine i could shoot myself up with i could draw my own blood i bet stop Stop! I am, and it's not like gross vascular, like a weightlifter or something, like Ugh. the weirdos. I just, I've never, I've had guys who, Michael J. Fox could draw blood from me with ease. It would be no problem. Right. And he's, you know, he's not the most still, still dude. He's got a little bit of a shake to him these right. days. He
0: has Parkinson's yeah.
1: disease. Well, you know, that's the joke. If mm-hmm. he shakes, and he could still draw blood.
0: Mm-hmm. Brittany's not
1: happy right now. Everybody. <laughs> not a happy lady the views and opinions expressed by jesse Dalimore are solely those of Jesse and do not reflect the views and opinions of britney page who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis i'm playing it I'm
0: everyone playing knows it. that you're being a db right now <laughs> so
1: all right speaking of dbs we're gonna move on to bill nye the science guy
0: well he's he's no longer a db
1: but he's still a db because okay. it took him this long to come around all right. As we previously mentioned, we went to a lecture, which re- really wasn't a lecture. It was more uh, a conversation between he and Michael Shermer.
0: Well, I think the event was called In Discussion With. Oh, okay. So... Well,
1: I expected more him talking about the book, and it ended up everything else. But leave that to a group of atheists who don't really have respect for the form. <laughs> they want to make it about what they wanted to talk about. So, um it was revealed that one of the chapters in his book, Undeniable, his book on evolution, that there is a chapter called, like, What the GMO. And it's about. Um, I think
0: it's What the GMF.
1: Oh, What the GMF. Right. So he. he, uh, Yeah. Why the hell did I get that right?
0: I don't know. Why am I oh, having damn. to correct you so many times this episode?
1: I don't know. I think Nikki threw me off. Like I said, I, I feel bad about myself right now, and it's Nikki's fault. Leave it to goddamn Europeans to want to shit on Jesse, the greatest American who has ever, ever lived.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I'm a patriot, Brittany. Right. And I don't know if you know, but I served in the United States Marine Corps.
0: Jesse was a Marine, everybody.
1: <laughs> so anyway, uh, <laughs> God damn. Bill Nye has this chapter in this book that was not just skeptical of gmos but took a position that they there is not enough research and he was an anti gmo guy and he did say as he had a there was a caveat there that he was going to meet with the president or the vice president whoever the main scientist at Monsanto he was going to go meet with this gentleman and get the science get an education on on the exact technical details of what they do and then he would report back and if he needed to he would he would uh amend and rewrite that chapter which of course just then more people will buy it's a fucking scam as far as i'm concerned
0: and he has been outspoken about being against gmos since he had his show bill nye the science guy right bill 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 (laughs) bill Yeah.
1: So he was recently on Bill Maher's show And backstage they do like uh, Web interviews or whatever And they talked a little bit about his book
2: Bill Nye the Science Guy Thank you for continuing to drop knowledge
4: Thank you, we're just trying to change the world And uh, there's a chapter In there which I'm going to revise I spent some time on it And I'm very, very excited Wait, which
1: chapter is this?
4: Well you can stay tuned, but it's about genetically modified food Oh I went to Monsanto and I spent a lot of time with the scientists there and I have revised my outlook and I'm very excited about telling the world. When you're in love, you want to tell the world. So
1: when can we look forward to this?
4: Well, I don't run the publishing business, but in general next fall.
5: Okay. Keep an That's eye. That's the out. way
4: they do it. Next fall would be twenty fifteen fall
2: if you're scoring along with us. Bill, thank you so much thank again you. for coming on the show. Let's change the world. Let's do it. <laughs> uh.
0: So he's doing what good science-minded people do though, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With new evidence, you change your mind. And even though he Yeah, but it
1: wasn't new evidence. It was evidence that had been out there and the the vast majority of science disagreed with him.
0: Right, well everything shows you that you you're not going to be able to change your mind instantly about these things. It's a process changing your mind, especially when you have a position that you hold and when you're debating with people and then you retrieve into your you're, respective corners. You're right. You're right. You dig your heels in. No, you're right. You're right. And so every time he's been involved in a debate or something, he just, rather than being open to the evidence, he's most likely been just going back to his side.
1: So uh, ultimately it's, yeah, he's late to the party, but just be thankful that he's here now, that he finally showed up.
0: Right. Like Barack Obama in gay marriage. Right. It's hard. Or anybody, Listen, any it, politician in gay marriage.
1: It's hard for me. It, it's difficult for me to to not hold a grudge. I'm a dick like that, so that's why I need you here to help me along, to be more rational, rational and reasonable, and um, forgiving.
0: Okay, well, embracing. I I used to be a nine eleven truther when I was sixteen years old and thought yeah, that you, YouTube videos were super informational. So, yeah. it, are you going to hold that against me for the rest of my life? No,
1: you were sixteen. Your prefrontal cortex had not yet fully developed. You didn't know your ass from your elbow at sixteen years old, and nor did I. You know, so like I said, I thank you. Th- I appreciate that you're here. You, you, you draw me back in when I get a little fired up. That's a good thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's one of your chief roles here on the show.
0: Right. <laughs> right. And reading super well as well.
1: Democracy 2016. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. <laughs> I can't even do it. Ben Carson was on CNN with Chris Cuomo. And listen, I, I got to give props to Chris Cuomo. He is the, the, the brother of the governor of New York, the little brother of the governor of New York, and the son of former governor and former possible presidential candidate. He, they really wanted him to run, Mario Cuomo, the late, the recently deceased uh, Mario Cuomo. Uh, And Chris Cuomo took Ben Carson to task on the issue. And and by the way, took Dr. Ben Carson to task on the issue of gay marriage.
4: One issue, same-sex marriage. You have equal protection. It's working its way through the courts. The decisions are getting more and more uniform. But then you have people of faith who say marriage is ours. God says it is a man and a woman. The Bible says, my faith says
5: Which one wins with Dr. Carson? Here's what I would do. I would do what the Constitution says. Constitution says civil issues of that nature should be determined at the state level. Why does it say that? Because the judicial system at the state level has to answer to the people. What if people
4: of a state vote for a law 100 to 0 that winds up infringing on the rights of a minority, like happened very often with slavery, like many would argue is happening now,
5: With people who are gay. And our Constitution was followed and we corrected those things.
4: And isn't that what's happening right now with same sex marriage? It's being corrected
5: as a form of violation of equal protection. No. You can't just say because it happened that way this time, this is the same situation. It's not the same situation. Because people have no control over their race, for instance. You think they have control over their sexuality? Absolutely. You think being gay is a choice? Absolutely. Why do you say that? Because a lot of people who go into prison, go into prison straight, and when they come out, they're gay. So did something happen while they were in there? Most Ask yourself that question.
4: never go to prison, and well, you know there's a whole theory of I dominance. Said, wait a minute. Yeah. I
5: said a lot of people who go in, come out. Are you denying that that's true? I am no, not denying
4: not. that that's true, but I am okay, denying that that's as a basis of understanding fact, homosexuality.
5: If, in fact, that is the case, then it obviously thwarts what you just said.
4: A lot of people go into jail as a drug addict and they come out as a criminal. But Does that mean that all drug addicts are here's criminals? Here's what's
5: important. Why do gay people want to get married? Because they want to have various rights. No, they want property commitment. rights. That's right. Visitation rights. They want their commitment to count just like why, mine and my wife's. Why can't any two human beings, I don't care what their sexual orientation is, why can't they have the legal right to do those things? That's what they're fighting for, okay. That does not require changing the definition of marriage, but it would require covering that union as you do
4: others, which is called union which is called marriage in our society. I don't think so uh.
0: so this is honestly i mean it's it's kind of hilarious because it's so ridiculous that he's saying these things um, but like you said, I think that Chris Humo did a really good job of challenging him on this stupidity I don't know what he means because I I don't I haven't heard anything and of course it's just he's basing it on what he's heard, I guess. Right. Of people going to prison and then coming out and living as a as a gay person. And I don't really know about this if this is a thing. I, I think more what he's referring to is the, the sex that goes on between inmates in prison.
1: Right, right.
0: And that is not really a gay thing. That's more of a there's no availability right, right. thing Jer- for the alternative.
1: Jerk and it's not getting it done anymore.
0: <laughs> right. And then once they are, you know, no longer in prison, and then they continue with with their their relationships that they had previously before prison. Right. That's kind of the experience that I have seen most often. L-
1: Listen, th- the issue here, there's so many, so many, and everything you just said is very valid. My take on this and my problem with this is two things. One, this man is a doctor at Johns Hopkins University Hospital. This guy is a a very well-respected man of science.
0: He's a retired neurosurgeon.
1: Right. I mean, he's not just fixing hangnails and ingrown toenails. This guy was a neurosurgeon. He well, knows. He knows things.
0: Well, it's another situation where people's opinions become stagnant because they are so willing to un- they're so unwilling to accept new information. Right. Like and we just talked about. Yeah, he's sticking to his political viewpoint.
1: Well, he has he has it's it's so it's so wacky to me. The other thing, not only the fact that he is a doctor, a man of science, a neurosurgeon, he wants to be president of the United States of America when he answers questions like this.
5: You think being gay is a choice? Absolutely. Why do you say that? Because a lot of people who go into prison go into <laughs> prison straight, and when they come out, they're gay.
1: That's not an answer to the question. You think being gay is a choice? Yes, I do. Why do you think that? Um, because people go into prison straight, and then they come out gay. What?
0: Yeah, it's very <laughs> shocking to hear an educated person say something like that.
5: So after... After he said this. A lot of people who go into prison, go into prison straight, and when they come out, they're gay.
1: He came out and has since retracted and apologized in true douchebag politician manner, has apologized profusely and tripping over himself. He has said this.
0: He said he, quote, realized that my choice of language does not reflect fully my heart on gay Mm. issues.
1: It sounds like it did.
0: I do not pretend to know how every individual came into their sexual orientation. I regret that my words to express that concept were hurtful and divisive. For that, I apologize unreservedly to all that were offended. Some of the brightest of our minds have looked at this. He said this later, I guess. I'm just adding this on here. Some of our brightest minds have looked at this debate. And up until this point, there has been no definitive studies that people are born into a specific sexuality. Now, I recently had a debate that didn't last very long with someone who (laughs) was saying something similar to this. Okay. Because studies might not be definitive. But one could argue the same thing about like uh, schizophrenia being genetic. And when they do these genetic studies with, you know, twins, for example, they do the monozygotic and the dizygotic twins, the identical and the fraternal twins. Yeah, and right. then they compare the genetic contribution between that. And even in schizophrenic studies, you'll find that the genetic factors do not explain 100% of the variance. Right. And that's kind of. I mean they still believe that genetics contribute a lot to schizophrenia even though it's not 100% of the variance. It might be 80%, 70% of the variance depending on what study you're looking at. And homosexuality studies are the same. It's not genetics aren't explaining 100% of the variance, but they're explaining, you know, 60-70% of the variance. And so that's pretty high. It's
1: given us a good a good idea and, and given us a big picture to look at and draw from.
0: Right. And I mean, it's depending on what study you look at. Of course, some will be higher, some will be lower. But just because it's not genetics aren't explaining 100% of the variance in these studies doesn't mean that genetics aren't explaining what's going on.
1: We are also in the relative infancy of these studies. It wasn't, it wasn't only, it was just a few years ago, you know, 40 years ago, that homosexuality was considered a mental disorder. Well, the science and the understanding of the brain has grown. It's night and day between what it was 40 or 50 years ago. So the amount of studies is, it's like, it's like with, with, with certain technologies, it's growing exponentially every year. We're knowing more and more and more. And over the course of the next decade, I'm sure we will have a handle on this. Far more than we do today. So, Dr. Ben Carson, um, in my estimation, not he's not ready for prime time. He is not qualified to be president of these United States and represent people. Um, it's, I don't know why. I don't know why it bugs me so much that a black guy doesn't identify with the you know he talked about slavery and the constitution and well you know that's why we use the constitution to do away with that yeah well the constitution was ratified in 1788 and slavery didn't go away until 75 or so years later in 1865 with the emancipation proclamation so if, if you expect us to wait almost 100 years before gays in our society get equality full equality and and have us stop systematically treating them like second-class citizens this isn't saudi arabia dr carson this is the united states the land of the free and the home of the brave we we, we try to be a, a stalwart example for the 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 despot type countries across the world and an example to everyone of freedom and and equality and y- you're not ready you don't get my vote, buddy.
0: Well, it's just it's also weird because you know, the Bible was used to oppress people yes, of color.
1: Still still is.
0: And I I just don't understand how he is then turning around and doing that to other people using that same texts. I mean, yeah. you know, the documentary 12 Years a Slave. <laughs> right. Um, right. it's a joke. Yes. But but they showed how the Bible was used to
1: They accurately showed
0: to kind of, I guess, make an excuse for or 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 make slavery valid. I guess to, acceptable,
1: to justify their actions.
0: Right, and this is what's happening now. Except for it's a different population of people, and it's really disturbing. And anyone who is okay with it happening, I, no, right, right. I, I mean, it's it's a human rights issue. So,
1: so next up on democracy twenty sixteen. Hillary Clinton, the expected Democratic, the presumptive nominee for the Democratic nomination for President of the United States, um, apparently is under fire for using her personal email address uh, in, in the course of her duties as Secretary of State under the, in the Obama administration. And I guess what I have to say about this is who fucking cares? It's a non issue. The Republican Party needs to get their messaging under control. And they need to quit picking at the little things and quit crying wolf because when the big thing hits and you want, you have something that, that is of, of note and of worth to talk about relative to a scandal or relative to impropriety on the part of the Clintons, no one's going to listen to you because you were screaming and yelling about her using her hotmail address or whatever the hell Uh, In the course of her duties as secretary of state, it's, it's just, it's childish and stupid. And look, I don't want Hillary Clinton to be the next president, but um, they need to get their shit together.
0: Well, and apparently a lot of the, well, all of the emails that she would have messaged to a State Department employee at their official email address Mm -hmm. would have been retained anyway. That's right. And and saved. So even though she was using her personal email address, when she would send an email to someone, to their government address, it's still saved. Well,
1: that's exactly right. And also, there's not a lot of of, uh, one-on-one emails that she's sending to foreign leaders she's going to be cc'ing lots of people in these in these communications. So, I would venture to say that 90 to 95%, and that's a low number. It's probably more like 99% of her emails are are on government servers because they the, the government uh, email addresses were cc'd so
0: but apparently she turned her personal email over to the state department last year so it could be saved for history following quote both the letter and the spirit of the rules so she turned over her email last year i, I just it's weird it's coming out now right as a thing
1: well it's coming out now because the the committee that is investigating benghazi are they're ramping back up and they're trying to get some traction to to talk about this And they're gonna listen. This Benghazi thing. Mark my words. This is a prediction. They're they're going to be quiet about this until the campaign really ramps up, and then they're going to start talking about Benghazi hot and heavy because it's really their ace in the hole relative to discrediting her leadership ability. So it'll be mild, but it's going to pick up um, quite a bit the closer that we get to the election and to the campaign.
5: It's the of today.
1: It is always a good day when we cover the asshole of today. And it's even a better day when that particular asshole is from my home state of Idaho. A North Idaho state senator has been under fire this week. I don't know how much fire he's been in in the state of Idaho. But nationally, he's caught some heat because he refused to sit in on a prayer on the opening invocation of the Senate um, business for that day. And it was given by a Hindu monk. Is that right? A Hindu?
0: Yes, it was a Hindu prayer. Okay. And it was the opening invocation for the Idaho Senate meeting. And the, the a-hole of today is Senator Steve Vick, Republican Dalton Gardens. He said, quote, they have a caste system. They worship cows from his high horse. He said this <laughs> because... You also worship some strange things, too, there, guy. Right, right. He acknowledged that the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution allows any kind of prayer, but said he thinks the Hindu one shouldn't be allowed to open the Senate, as the United States was, quote, built on the Judeo-Christian, not only religion, but work ethic, and I don't want to see that undermined.
1: Yeah, because, you know, those lazy fucking Indians... Are are you kidding me?
0: I'm very supportive of the way this country was built and I don't want us to move away from it.
1: So when the prayer was actually given, uh Senator Vick, he walked out. He or or he didn't show up. He wasn't he wasn't present for the prayer. And this is my whole issue with having prayers before Senate uh, meetings, having prayers before before court, having prayer before city council meetings. It shouldn't be there because not everybody's religion is represented. It's just not a place for a prayer. And the fact that only Christian prayer is good for him. We don't want them Jews. We don't want them Hindus. He certainly doesn't want Satanists. That's problematic, but it's so weird that he doesn't register in his little tiny pea brain. It doesn't register that he's being he's the reason this entire fiasco is the reason that there's a separation of church and state and there should be.
0: Senate President pro tem Brent Hill Republican Rexburg said that he reviewed the prayer and it didn't seem offensive in any way. That
1: that guy is for sure a Mormon, by the way, in Rexburg.
0: Hill, a member of the Mormon church, said, quote, In my mind, you either believe in religious freedom or you don't. We have had Jewish prayers, many denominations of Christian prayers. He added, quote, There was a time in Idaho history when Mormons were not allowed to pray in the legislature, nor were they allowed to hold office or vote because Mormons were not considered Christians. I think we've come a long way since then, except for not because... Vic took to social media over the weekend to vent his displeasure about the plan for a Hindu prayer in the Senate, telling his Facebook followers, quote, I am working to get it stopped. Ugh. Great, because that's pretty important. So,
1: right. You're 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 spending your time in your the Idaho taxpayer dollar very wisely by working to get it. Uh, I'm trying to get rid of that.
0: He says it goes back to my concern about the way this country was built. If you compare it to a country that was built on the Hindu faith. He said allowing the prayer could quote Send a message we're not happy with the way America is.
1: Listen dickhole The American, the American system The American economy that we have today Was built upon slavery Is that something you want to stand behind? We have certainly made our mistakes asshole
0: And just FYI Hinduism is the world's third largest religion After (laughs) Christianity and Islam It is the religion of roughly 80% of India's population And has nearly a billion adherents worldwide Ugh So,
1: yeah. Look up where he's from. Where is that?
0: Dalton Gardens? Yeah,
1: Dalton Gardens. Where is that? Listen, it it bothers me so much that a guy like this, and we'll have to do a follow-up to see if this guy gets reelected because it says a lot about his particular constituency if they allow this shit to fly.
0: Dalton Gardens is in Kootenay County.
1: Kootenay County. So he's near Coeur d'Alene, which, unfortunately, that area in Idaho has a reputation from the past, not present day, but in the past, of a white supremacy kind of a movement up there. And it's also, Kootenay County is relatively liberal compared to the rest of the state. So, um I, I would see, I would, I, would, I would hope that the Democratic Party or even in primary, the Republican Party would put somebody up to run against this guy because he clearly doesn't have a full working knowledge and understanding of our, of our Constitution and how shit works. So next up, <laughs> Applebee's, they dodged a lawsuit that I think is hilarious.
0: A man who leaned over a plate of sizzling fajitas <laughs> to pray can't sue a West Hampton restaurant because the dish burned him.
1: Hmm. So there must be a reason that he was burned by their their delicious non-diarrhea-giving food. Why why are they not letting this lawsuit go forward?
0: According to the ruling, the man ordered fajitas that were placed in front of him in a, quote, sizzling skillet. When he bowed his head, quote, close to the table, the ruling says that he heard, quote, a loud sizzling noise followed by a pop noise and then felt a burning sensation in his left eye on his face. So essentially, he put his face in his food.
1: Right. Because he was praying.
0: He says that he was burned on his face, neck and arms after, quote, grease popped from the fajitas
1: so he... <laughs>
0: he he he's arguing by the way that the waitress did not warn him that the dish was hot uh, um it's a sizzling plate yeah. of fajitas yeah.
1: there's not a there's not a speaker there that is that is uh plain audio of the sizzling popping grease and hot meat.
0: he has argued that he suffered serious and permanent injuries solely as a result of Appleby's negligence when he came in contact with a dangerous and hazardous condition, specifically a plate of hot food. You would think
1: that uh, his God uh, would have uh, would have healed him from this malady because of his his adherence and respect to pray before his food before his meal but no his mythology did not heal him and apparently the justice system of the united states will not give him standing in court and will not all right but they probably they did give him standing but uh, they're not gonna have it. Uh, it it was thrown out in appeals and uh sent him on his way so maybe he should pray about it and see if uh there's some other way for him to get justice.
0: Well, it reminds me of the, the famous McDonald's hot coffee lawsuit that yeah. the woman won. Yeah. And that situation uh, w- is pretty horrific. If you Google the pictures, that coffee, I don't know how hot it was, but that woman was, I mean, singed.
1: Yeah, no, it was like third crazy, crazy burns.
0: It was insane.
1: But still, listen, still, it's hot coffee. Don't put a hot cup of coffee between your legs. Don't do that. There's a reasonable man kind of a clause and kind of an understanding in American justice. And you can expect your hot, your coffee to be hot. You can expect it to be able to burn the shit out of you. That's why in so many movies, a pot of hot coffee is used as a weapon to throw in the face of a robber in a 7-Eleven. You know what I mean? So... I don't know. I get what you're saying. And I've heard that argument before. I actually mentioned the the McDonald's coffee lady before to a lawyer and got my head chewed off at that Super Bowl party, if you remember. I do. Yeah. <laughs> so moving on, and this is ah, super, super interesting to me. I wish I lived in in, in England, and I wish that uh, some of our, our English Britons would uh, write in or call in or send uh, their recorded voice from their smartphone to idoubtit at com about this particular school in England that trains psychics or apparently even trains people who aren't psychic to be psychic.
0: Right. This is a Wall Street Journal article in a stately Victorian mansion. Julie Grist is teaching the psychics of tomorrow how to speak to today's dead for a living. She's a 66 year old who says she has been communicating with the deceased for decades and explains that the goal of psychic reading is to leave people feeling uplifted. She says that mediumship is a skill that can be acquired like many skills. So she believes that it is something that can be taught the the you know, communicating with the dead can be taught. (laughs) Right, right. Um, The school welcomes up to 5,000 students a year. What? Week-long classes cost about $880, including room and board. And they actually teach you how to do readings over Skype. (laughs) So they... Interviewed someone named Gina Murray, a psychic medium from Wales, and she came to the school to take a class on communicating with animals, and she said she can see spirits over Skype, which, quote, totally surprised me. I wasn't expecting that. Doing readings over Skype is amazing. Let me
1: tell you something. Animals and spirits, they know about technology. They know. They use that fucking Skype, Brittany.
0: Right. Brittany,
1: they have email addresses and shit, I bet. Yeah. Spiritual email addresses.
0: Instructors caution students that once the spirits get talking, they shouldn't necessarily be heeded. Quote, your uncle... <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> your uncle Jim, who gives bad advice when he's alive, will still be your uncle Jim who gives bad advice when he's dead.
1: Yeah, because he doesn't have any new information being in the spiritual plane. He... There's no new understanding when you die, you're still just a dumbass. You know? Are you
0: <laughs> psychics reports demand for their services has grown as people turn away from established religions and psychologists for counsel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How dare they? They
1: you just read that for the first time, I think. And you're not happy about it.
0: I did. <laughs> wow.
1: Well, listen. I would love, goddamn, I would love for one of our English listeners to get in touch with us and maybe coordinate something to, to get in t- contact with the school because it would be great. I would love to interview them or do something because, are you kidding me? We should turn them on to the James Randi Foundation Psychic $1 Million Challenge. That would be a good time. All right. We love to leave you happy. However, <laughs> we are going to end the show with a story about the scariest place, in my estimation, on the face of God's green earth, and it happens to be in Japan.
0: Right, and I'm not going to say this island name correctly. Um, we'll just give it a go, right? Uh, Ioshima.
1: Ah, perfect, Ioshima.
0: And it is an island in Japan, a remote island in southern Japan. And it is.
1: It's weird that they would say that it's an island in Japan because Japan isn't a series of islands. It's just all islands.
0: And this island has become overrun with felines, outnumbering humans six to one. Six to one. Right. And so we're going to post this picture. This is actually just a caption on a picture. And it is a woman feeding lots of cats, which just seems like a bad idea because (laughs) they're just they're going to remember who you are. I mean, and then they're going to want food forever. Listen,
1: just now was a time where I wish we had a video podcast because if everyone could have seen your face, it was a genuine face of concern about... This, uh, this just seems like a bad idea. Your Your face was just so serious, and it was awesome. It was so genuine.
0: Okay, well, this woman is surrounded by, like, 40 cats. Now, I'm terrified. <laughs> I'm terrified of animals because... Like I'm, I'm terrified well, of they're, raccoons. They're, I'm terrified of what have you said that you've seen outside possums and uh, stuff. Oh yeah, a lot of possums I in am, our neighborhood. T- I can't go and take the trash out at night because I'm terrified of being attacked by an animal. You can't, well, we, you can't listen, reason with an animal if they're live, mad at you. You just can't reason listen, with them. You
1: can't reason with Ben Carson. You have no chance. Yes,
0: you can. You have a better chance <laughs> than reasoning with a raccoon.
1: Here's the deal: w- where we live, we live um, near what's called the Back Bay, Newport Upper Back Bay in Southern California, in Orange County. And it is, I wouldn't say wilderness, and it's certainly, I mean, it's a suburban area here, but there, there is wildlife that doesn't exist like in downtown Los Angeles because we live in a, a wilderness preserve or a wildlife preserve, more, more appropriately. And there are raccoons and there are Possums or opossums that wander the neighborhood at night. And Brittany is scared to fucking death to take the trash out. She's less afraid of rape and murder.
0: <laughs> okay, that's not true.
1: Than she is of possums and raccoons at night. So so when you leave, if you were to go take the trash out,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you think you you're more afraid of murder and rape than you are of possums and raccoons.
0: Okay, you're right. <laughs> yeah, because, well, because I know there's always a possibility of rape and murder, right? Or kidnapping. Something terrible is going to happen to you. Anytime you leave the house, there's a possibility that something terrible is going to happen. Right. But given the number of animals that we've seen, that you've seen, maybe you're lying to me. I don't know. But but I'm just going off your self-reporting here. Um, I am terrified to take the trash out because I have been attacked by a raccoon.
1: You have not been attacked by a raccoon. Okay,
0: I was very close to being attacked by a raccoon. You most certainly
1: have not been even close to being anything by a raccoon. The
0: raccoon launched himself at me and I had to run away.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know that's what you think happened. Launched. Brittany... Like a
0: rocket launcher. Listen,
1: if we have any creative listeners... Brittany really is phobic and weird about raccoons. They're so, mean. So if you would like to create a meme, <laughs> if you would like to create, we're going to end the show with this, everybody. Oh, God. If you'd like to create a meme of Brittany with a raccoon, you can email me and I'll send you some other pictures or photos of Brittany or you can stalk her Facebook page. I'm sure everybody does that anyway. But uh, I would love to see the creativity of our, of our audience related to Brittany's fear of raccoons
0: can't wait cannot
1: wait listen if you'd like to support the show how's that for a transition that was shitty
0: real good wow
1: uh i'm gonna hawk some some amazon right now if you are if you have um if you have amazon available to you and you're gonna spend your money anyway there i'm not asking you to do any more than you would do i'm not asking you to spend money that you wouldn't spend Go to dollamore.com, and on the s- left side of the screen there, there's an Amazon search bar, and you can you could make your, your purchase that you were going to make anyway there, and every little bit goes a long way towards supporting your very favorite twice-weekly podcast filled with news, news and ridiculous comment from my dumb ass. So we love you. We appreciate you. We see it every single time, and it doesn't get any more true. We love you guys so much. You dedicate, even if you dedicate five minutes a week to listening to me drone on about dumb shit, I appreciate it. It means the world to us. We appreciate you. For Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. You're kind of a whiny bitch, though. That's
0: true. (laughs)